It is Friday, October 4th here in Draft Shark Studios in Rochester, New York. Welcome to our Week 5 DraftKings podcast. I'm your host, Matt Schaff. With me, as always, is Jared Smola. And this podcast is sponsored by our partners at Fanshare Sports. Fanshare curates hundreds of pieces of daily fantasy sports-related articles, tweets, and podcasts to create the most accurate ownership projections in the industry. Those projections can be found in our lineup builder tool, available now on DraftSharks.com. And you can find up-to-date ownership info anytime at FanshareSports.com. On DraftSharks.com, you can find all of Jared's top picks for playing on DraftKings this weekend. He's got you covered with picks for cash games, picks for GPP lineups. And come Saturday morning, you can find our lineups for round five of the Crown is Ass Challenge. Jared, I need a rebound after a week four trouncing here. I decided to take a chance on Case Keenum, and he decapitated me. Yeah, along with Paul Richardson, so a little a little too much Redskins exposure for you there. Predictable. <laughs> yeah. I think the other difference, too, is I, I got on Wayne Gallman, and you did not. That did it for me. Paying <laughs> up for running back touches paid off. Had Austin Eckler and David Johnson. Should have been on Wayne Gallman, but you know that's not a thing that's going to happen most weeks where we get a, a guy with that much touch outlook, you know, relative touch certainty at that low a price. So uh, that's more of a lesson to not scoff at those guys when they do emerge than something that I can apply week to week, I think. Yep, exactly. I'm happy this week to see Sammy Watkins playing on Sunday night, (laughs) not on the main slate, so that I can take a break from him and not feel like I need to keep putting him in my lineup to disappointing point totals. Right, yeah. Um, I would say... If you're playing uh, any slates that include the uh, Sunday night game, I, I would be all in on, on Travis Kelsey in that spot. Yeah, and Damian Williams could be a nice one that's that might not be getting as much play as he normally would. Yeah, yeah, I like that call too. Uh, especially in like a showdown slate. So right. we'll both be back at it for the Crown is Ass Challenge for Week 5. We'll show you who we're playing against each other in the free post for this podcast come Saturday morning on DraftSharks.com, so check that out. For now, Jared, why don't you hit us with a cash quarterback? I'm going to start with a confession that I, I wrote up Joe Flacco in my DK article this week. It's a quarterback play, 4700 bucks. So the more I've built lineups, though, I don't think you need to go down to Flacco. I still think he's okay just because he's so cheap. But I think you can afford to get up to Carson Wentz this week, 6100 bucks. Um, you know, he, he's been good through the first four weeks. He's scored at least 19 and a half DraftKings points in all four games, averaging 22.2 points, which is fourth most among main slate quarterbacks. Still without Deshaun Jackson this week, which hurts, but it looks like Alshon Jeffrey and Dallas Goddard should be, you know, close to 100%. They're both off the injury report this week. Matchups obviously fine against the Jets. They're sort of middle of the pack in DK points allowed to quarterbacks. The Eagles, though, have uh, the the highest implied total on the main slate. It's up to 29 points now. Yeah, uh, Jets, you know, a middling matchup, as you mentioned, but they've allowed both Baker Mayfield, Tom Brady to top 300 yards. Josh Allen had a rough start against them. He ended up with 254 yards, two total touchdowns. So I certainly have no qualms with Carson Wentz, whatever the format you're playing. And uh, I do have qualms with Joe Flacco, but since you, I don't know, didn't include him too much here, I guess I won't go into it. I, I will say that if I'm going to pay down to that range, I think I would prefer Chase Daniel over Joe Flacco. Yeah, I consider Daniel. The reason I went with Flacco is because I just think he's going to have to throw more. I worry that Daniel attempts, you know, like 22 passes if the Bears can run the ball. And, you know, I, I don't mm. expect the Raiders to score much. So I'm just not sure Daniel is going to have to do a whole lot. Yeah, I can see that. 
Uh, I actually started writing up Andy Dalton for a cash quarterback, and then I realized that Philip Rivers is a hundred bucks more and has been better so far this year. He's he's scored twenty three plus DraftKings points in three of his four games so far. He was over three hundred passing yards in each of those three. And the other game where Philip Rivers didn't score, he still hit two hundred ninety three passing yards at Detroit. Just didn't get a touchdown in that game. We have since seen Patrick Mahomes do the same there. So I think there's something to the matchup. Something to maybe a little bit of bad touchdown luck there. Overall, Phillip Rivers is playing well. This week, he might have Travis Benjamin and Mike Williams back. They've both been limited practice participants this week after missing last week. And Rivers was fine without them. I mean, granted, he was playing Mm -hmm. at Miami last week. But this matchup with Denver is not as tough as as it used to be. Football Outsiders rates the Broncos 28th in pass defense efficiency. So whoever's on the field with Phillip Rivers, I think he's a fairly safe bet to at least be fine. Yeah, I like the Rivers card call. Dalton is intriguing. I think he became less intriguing without John Ross. And at at that price, I don't think there's a reason to use Dalton in cash games. It probably does make him a better tournament play, though. He's probably going to be pretty low owned. Yeah, I don't have a problem with playing Dalton. I was just like, how can I really justify talking up Andy Dalton if Phillip Rivers is right there? Exactly, exactly. Tournament quarterback. I'm going with Deshaun Watson, and you know he, he's actually projected to be the highest owned quarterback this week, but it's still just a 10.7% projected ownership. It's not enough for me to get off him. I think this is a big breakout spot for him. So this Falcons-Texans game, both these teams are top 13 in situation neutral pace. They're also both top nine in situation neutral pass rate. So I just love this game. I think it's going to be fast paced with a lot of passing on both sides. Plus Watson's matchup is obviously good against Atlanta. On the last two weeks, the Falcons gave up a 310, two touchdown game to Jacoby Brissett, 227 yards, three touchdowns to Marcus Mariota. Football Outsiders has Atlanta 21st in pass defense. Yeah. And I think that ownership rate probably doesn't really matter at quarterback because if you're buying a quarterback for your tournament lineup, then you're hoping for this huge performance, like three plus touchdowns, especially if you're not paying for somebody down in the 4K range. So we are we rarely get quarterbacks who are like 25 plus percent owned. So, I mean, it doesn't matter if one guy is 10 to 12 percent versus six to seven. Certainly, if you're playing Watson here, you're banking that he has a huge game. He's not going to hurt you no matter how many people in the field own him. Yeah, I think a way to differentiate your Watson teams is to use Kiki Cutie. Assuming Kenny Stills is out, we'll see. Um, I think Bill O'Brien said this morning Stills is a game time decision. I mean, maybe even if he plays, you still use QD because Stills might be limited. He might aggravate the hamstring injury. But I just think, you know, that that's a way you can differentiate your your Watson teams. Yeah, if there's no Kenny Stills, I'm going to like Kiki QD a bit, of yeah. whether I'm playing Watson or not, certainly for that price. I have uh, Carson Wentz down in the tourney section, but I also have Jameis Winston with him. So since you already hit Wentz, I'll go to Winston. So Wentz at 6100 bucks tops our DK dollars per point rankings in the mm-hmm. line of builder tool right now. Jameis Winston at 6,200 sits third. In between them are Matt Ryan. It is Matt Ryan at 5,900. I think that Matt Ryan carries more bust potential than either Wentz or Winston this week. He's certainly in play as well. I prefer Winston, though. He's coming off two straight games of 380-plus passing yards and three-plus touchdown throws. Still not headed for double-digit ownership, so if that is a factor for you at all, I mean, you would think that coming off of last week, Jameis Winston would be a popular quarterback that doesn't look like that's going to be the case. Pro Football Focus has him leading the league in percentage of positively graded throws on the season. So Jameis Winston is playing well. 
despite what he seemed to be doing in week one against San Francisco, he's been just fine or better since then. And he comes with easy stacking options here. You have Chris Mm -hmm. Godwin, you have Mike Evans. You can do both if you want to do a lineup like that. They're expensive, so you'll have to to get some savings elsewhere. But just like the quarterback, neither one of those guys looks like he's going to be as popular as you would expect. Evans right now, $200 more expensive than Godwin. He has been the one, though, who crushed the Saints in recent meetings. So he, he put up big numbers last year. I would probably lean toward Evans, but I think both are options. Yeah, they're both options. The only issue with Winston is just we think about these games in New Orleans being shootouts. I'm just not sure that's the case with Teddy Bridgewater under center. I wouldn't be surprised if that game goes well under the total. Yeah, I could see that happening. But, you know, I could also see him throw. I mean, Jameis Winston had three touchdown passes by halftime each of the past right. few weeks. So. Yep. I mean, if that happens, then I don't care what the rest of the game looks like. Sure. Yep. Makes sense. Running back, what you got on cash? Cash running back. So first of all, Christian McCaffrey's price went down by a hundred dollars. <laughs> Why? I, I have no idea. But I mean, I, I think again, I, I think I said last week until McCaffrey gets to like ninety five hundred, I think he's a strong cash play with his usage. But um, I think Aaron Jones is also a really strong cash play. Fifty nine hundred bucks. Assuming Jamal Williams is out of this game, you know he had the concussion last Thursday night. Still hasn't practiced. Then practiced on Friday, so I think he's going to be out after Williams. Williams exited on that first play of that game against the Eagles. Jones ended up playing 84% of the Packers offensive snaps, saw 13 carries, seven targets. I think he's looking at a similar workload this week, which is really nice for that price. It's a neutral matchup against Dallas. Football Outsiders has them 14th in run defense. PFF has them 18th in run defense, and they're 14th in DraftKings points allowed to running back. So, you know, not a great matchup, but nothing to be scared of. I really wanted this to be Aaron Jones for me, but he's coming off two straight games under two yards per carry. He's only topped 13 carries once so far. I think there's a chance that the Cowboys jump out to a lead in this game. So I'm not saying that Aaron Jones is a bad option here. I just couldn't pick him to lead the list for me. Yeah, it's fair enough. I mean, again, I'm I'm buying the the volume over the efficiency, and it's it's Aaron Jones. Like this is a guy. We love coming into the season. Uh-huh. I, I think I think the efficiency is going to get going. Yeah, and really that's why I, I'm not arguing with it. I'm just yep. uh, I, I, tr- I tried to start picking him, but I had to go with David Montgomery at 5200 bucks, and I'm buying the volume here. He has seen his playing time increase every week so far. Last week brought a season-high 21 carries for Montgomery, a season-high five targets. Now they're five-point favorites with their backup quarterback against the Raiders in London. I mean, Chase Daniel graded well last week. And the Bears might be at least in as good a shape offensively with him as they would be with Mitchell Trubisky. But I also think that when you have your backup quarterback in there, a coach's natural tendency is going to be to go a little bit more conservative, lean on the running back a little harder. Either way, I think David Montgomery looks like the closest thing to this week's version of Wayne Gallman. He's just a little bit more expensive. Mm-hmm. Now he's $200 cheaper than Wayne Gallman is this week. I think that the volume outlook is fairly safe. And I think there's, it's it's a good spot for production. I, I can't say Montgomery's yeah. guaranteed for production until we actually get it, but it's a good spot for him to produce. Yeah, Montgomery's right there with Jones for me is like, you know, that that cheaper running back to put in your cash lineup. I, mean, I think Jones, to me, a slightly safer bet for volume and in the better offense, but you know, the, the $700 is, is definitely notable. And yeah, if you need that money, I'd be fine going down from Jones to Montgomery. No, I don't, I don't know that Jones is a safer bet for volume based on their way that they both have done it this year. I mean, Montgomery yeah. hasn't gone below 13 carries yet. Or what? Yeah, it, I guess it's just uh, Jones doesn't have a tree cone to deal with. I guess. You know. All right. Who do you got on the tourney side? One more note on on cash. Just if if um James Conner is out, I think Jalen Samuels at forty one hundred bucks is a lock. Yeah, I agree with that. Tournament side, I like David Johnson, and I think he's 
a cash option. He his price is up to seventy five hundred bucks. So you know, I don't think he's a screaming value, but I think he's you know in play for cash. But love him for tournaments, even though he is going to be popular. Twenty four percent projected ownership. But again, I'm trying this year to not worry about ownership at all in tournaments. Just you know, play the best running back plays. I think David Johnson has monster upside in this spot. Passing game usage has been excellent. Uh, he has games of seven, nine, and eleven targets this season already. I think that could even go up this week with Christian Kirk and Demir Bird out. Larry Fitzgerald is really the only wide receiver the Cardinals can count on. So I, I sort of expect Johnson to be at least the number two option in the passing game this week. And the matchup's excellent. And the Bengals twenty second in Football Outsiders run defense, DVOA. They're also 30th in Football Outsiders running back coverage rankings. Bengals have allowed the second most running back catches and the most receiving yards. Yeah, I think especially when we're talking about top level running backs in terms of touch outlook, we want to not worry too much, not overthink the own rate because there are only so many running backs that we can really count on big touch volume for. So yeah, I I don't want to turn away from David Johnson just because a bunch of other people are going to own him and, you know, get too cute with who I'm playing in his place. Yeah, and I've, I've been like going into DraftKings on Sunday night every week and just sort of looking at the teams that have won tournaments. And they almost always have these high-priced, you know, workhorse running backs, even at high mm-hmm. ownership. So I, I definitely think that's the way to go in tournaments. Yeah, I mean, if unless you know how to guess when Jordan Howard's going to have his three touchdown game or some other player like that, then it's, it's a good bet to get those uh, high touch guys in there right yep exactly on the tournament side I like both Denver running backs and you know I don't say like as in I'm excited about them but I kind of have to like them at 4,900 for Philip Lindsay 4,600 for Royce Freeman again if we're paying for touches these are really good prices for guys that are gonna touch the ball it's frustrating that they're both in the same backfield so they're splitting touches but they're also both getting good touch volume they combined for three rushing touchdowns last year against the Chargers in the first meeting. Philip Lindsay missed the second meeting. Royce Freeman had 25 touches in that one, even though they lost by 14. That's still how this team is constructed. It's still how the running backs are used, even under a new coaching staff. Even if they fall behind the Chargers, they're still going to be leaning on the running backs a decent amount. And the Chargers are performing poorly on defense so far. You wouldn't know that it's a positive matchup for the running backs by the numbers because Marlon Mack is the only running back that has had more than 12 carries against the Chargers so far. He had a huge game, though. And like I said, Freeman and Lindsay are going to get the ball no matter what the score is here. The, the problem is that they're performing nearly identically no matter what measure you look at. They are splitting time. They're splitting touches. So it's a guess between them. I'm not going to sit here and say that I know one is better than the other. It's a total guess. And if I'm going to play them, I would probably do two lineups, one with each of them. Yep, that makes sense. I actually have both those guys in my you know, list of running backs I'm considering, especially if I'm going cheap. I don't like playing guys in you know 50-50 committees, but like you said, um, you know somehow Denver's finding a way to get both of those guys pretty good touch volume on a weekly basis. Who do you like for cash at, at wide receiver? Michael Thomas at 6600 bucks. <laughs> He's down 1200 from his week one salary. He's down 1400 from his peak salary. I believe that was in week two. Like, I, I get that the ceiling is probably lower with Teddy Bridgewater under center, but Thomas is still posted 16.4 and 18.5 DraftKings points in Bridgewater's two starts. Those would be nice performances at this price tag. Thomas has seen a 28% target share from Bridgewater, so he's still dominating targets. The volume's still there. And this matchup is nice. The Saints are at home. Bucks' run D is awesome. Their pass D is still beatable. Um, the Bucks are 23rd in DraftKings points allowed to wide receivers. We have them 28th in adjusted fantasy points allowed to wide receivers. Never in his five career meetings with the Bucks has Michael Thomas caught fewer than six passes. Last year's two meetings included 30 targets, 27 <laughs> catches, 
278 yards. I know there's no Drew Brees, but there's also not a worrisome matchup in the Tampa Bay secondary. Michael Thomas moves around the formation. Teddy Bridgewater has favored him with his targets, even if they are shorter range than Drew Brees' might be. There will be lots of receptions in this game. I I could see fading Michael Thomas for a tournament, but at 6,600, the price is too good. And the target certainty, you know, relative to everybody else in the position, is too good to pass up. I agree. Nice. Even though he's headed for high ownership, I think it's tough to not get some Alden Tate here at Mm $3,500. You know, kind of similar to Nelson Aguilar a few weeks ago. Not to the same degree, because Tate's not the number one receiver for the Bengals. But it's a terrific matchup. It's an offense that has not been running the ball great. And really, there are no similarly priced pivots that, that I think approach Tate in either floor or maybe in ceiling, but definitely not in floor because the, the guys around him are Kiki Cutie, Trey Quinn, 3,400, 3,500. So I think even if Alden Tate gives you a zero, you're not really losing a whole lot for a guy at 3,500 bucks. Yep, I'm with you. Tate will probably be in my cash lineup. I'm, I'm probably going to fade him in tournaments though, just because of the ownership and you know it's still Auden Tate. I think, I think going to Tyler Boyd in tournaments makes a lot of sense. You know, He's obviously way more expensive but the ownership's going to be way lower and, and Boyd still is the top receiver there in Cincinnati yeah I agree with him as a tournament fade I don't think he's a must tournament fade because again if it's 3500 you can still build yeah. a lineup that will make money even if a guy at that level busts for you yeah I, I didn't realize that uh Kiki Cutie was like the same price as Tate I think that makes Cutie an, an even better tournament play yeah, I really hope that Kenny Stills does not play this week because I want to like Kiki Cutie I just I don't think I can bring myself to like him if Kenny Stills is in the game yeah I agree tournament who you got uh, I'm going Josh Gordon, 6,100 bucks. He's seen a 19% target share in the three games without Antonio Brown this season. So, you know, that that's a nice number for a guy this talented playing with Tom Brady. We're going to see big games out of, out of Josh Gordon if he keeps getting that kind of volume. I think, it, I think he could have a big game this week, obviously. Anyone on the path could go off in this matchup against Washington. Gordon, though, should see a bunch of Josh Norman, and that's actually turned into a positive matchup. Norman's been horrible this season. Um, He's given up 16 catches, 241 yards, and four touchdowns on 24 targets through the first four games. Josh on Josh action. I'm going to go with your guy, Will Fuller, at $4,500 this week. Fuller is sixth in the league in average air yards per target, according to NFL Next Gen stats. He just missed a huge touchdown catch last week because the throw just didn't quite get there. Other missed deep connections, either drops or overthrows so far this season. Falcons have been good at limiting big plays and coverage in recent years. But they're missing Keanu Neal now. And, I mean, Will Fuller is capable of beating your secondary if Deshaun Watson can find them. The Falcons allowed big passing numbers to the Titans last week. Fuller has seen a decent target count, 7-7-6 seven, seven, and six over the past three weeks. I'll take that for him. Any more than that, great. He's fifth in our DK dollars per point rankings. And, you know, again, Kenny Stills might be out. So that would take one guy out of the pass offense. If that happens, we'll see. Yeah, if, if Fuller busts this week, then maybe I'll consider getting off him. But I'm definitely not getting off him yet. Yeah, he's like the cheaper he's like the cheaper version <laughs> of Sammy Watkins right now. It's yeah. going to happen at some point. Maybe even like a cheaper Marquise Brown. Maybe that's a little bit more appropriate. Yep, all, all similar guys. All guys, I, I still want in my tournament lineups because that I just don't want to miss out when they do, you know, put up 200 yards. Uh-huh. Over a tight end, what you got for cash? I'm just going to keep going with this uh, attack the Cardinals tight end defense thing and go with Tyler Eifert, who's 3300 bucks. The Cardinals have allowed a top two fantasy tight end in each of the season's first four games now. Eifert feels a bit riskier than like Will Disley was last week, just based on his usage so far. You know, he, he's only playing about 40 to 50 percent of the Bengals offensive snaps. He, he has run a route on about two thirds of Andy Dalton's dropbacks over the past two weeks now. 
He's seen five plus targets in three or four games. So it's usually, it's okay. And again, the matchup and the price, I mean, 3,300 bucks, even if he busts, he's not really going to kill you at that price tag. Right. That's the thing is I want to say, you know, it, that he's a fade this week because at some point <laughs> a tight end's not going to go off and Tyler Eifert's the best bet probably to this point to not do yeah. it. But you know, 3,300 bucks. It's just, it just doesn't make sense to say, don't touch Tyler Eifert this week. Yeah. He's another guy I'll probably play in cash, but, but fade in tournaments. Mm-hmm. And then, I mean, if you do want to pivot from him, whether in cash or tournaments, the other guys in that range, Noah Fant, who I think you'll probably mention in a minute, Dawson Knox at 3,100, James O'Shaughnessy at 3,300 for the Jaguars has caught touchdowns each of the past two weeks. They're all low target guys uh, where Eifert is, is in the range and actually a higher target count player than those other guys. But I, I think they're all in the same range where they're going to get four to five, maybe six targets, a chance at a touchdown. They're in decent matchups. Yeah, I, I love the idea of pivoting to Fant in tournaments. I mean, you're saving, what, 500 bucks. Mm-hmm. You know, the volume's been similar. Matchup isn't quite as good for Fant, but the Chargers haven't been good against tight ends either. You know, I think Fant's a better player than Eifert, too, at this stage at this stage of their careers. And Fant has, has run the eighth most routes among all tight ends so far through week four, according to Pro Football Focus. 29 more routes than Tyler Eifert. So Eifert's been getting targeted a bit more overall. I think he had one game where he had one target and then five in each of the others. But Fant's around there in case Joe Flacco decides to start looking his way more. Yeah, and, and you're going to have... Probably Court and Sutton dealing with Casey Hayward. So, you know, I, I think you could see more targets pushed towards Fant this week. Mm-hmm. Who's your tournament tight end? Yeah, so besides Fant, I like Jimmy Graham for 4300 bucks. Now, I think, he, I think he was dealing with that groin injury in weeks two and three, and it just limited him. But in the opener, he, he caught three balls for 30 yards and a score. And then last week, he caught six balls for 61 yards and a score. I don't expect Devonta Adams to play on Sunday with his turf toe. So I think, you know, you're going to see more volume pushed towards Graham. He was targeted on four of Aaron Rodgers' uh, 16 pass attempts after Adams left last week. So, you know, 25% target share. I think Graham could see 20 to 25% of the targets on Sunday. And the Cowboys have been tougher against wide receivers than tight ends. Football Outsiders has them ranked top 15 against each of the three wide receiver spots, but they're 21st against tight ends. Yeah, I think Jimmy Graham is a groin injury going forward, but I agree <laughs> with the matchups fine and the, the target spot should be fine. Yep. I like paying up to Zach Ertz if I can do it at 6000 bucks. Leads all tight ends and targets. Only George Kittle has seen more red zone targets. We have no touchdowns from Zach Ertz yet, but that's going to change, even if he doesn't match his touchdown rates from the past couple years. The matchup here is fine. Ertz's number of routes, his percentage of routes last week was down 64.5% of Carson Wentz's dropbacks, but that's well below any other week. I know we've been dealing with Dallas Goddard injuries in several spots here, but even back in week one, Ertz was at 75% on there. And even last week, he saw eight targets, which was second on the team, one behind Alshon Jeffrey, and he led the team in catches by four. So I'm not worried about Ertz's usage at this point, and I think... There is a big game coming from him at some point, especially in PPR. Yeah, he hasn't scored yet, has he? No, no touchdowns. Yeah, he's, he's definitely due. And, um, you know, again, the Eagles have that 29-point implied total highest on the main slate. So I think Ertz has, yeah, as much upside as any tight end this week. Mm-hmm. Who you got at flex? Uh, yeah, so at cash, as usual, it's going to be a running back like an Aaron Jones, a David Montgomery. Again, I think Jalen Samuels, if James Conner is out, should be in your flex and cash games. In tournaments, I like these cheaper wide receivers. And, we, we you know, we talked about Will Fuller, Kiki Cutie. I also like Calvin Ridley in that Texans Falcons game. Ridley's at forty nine hundred bucks, coming off a couple you know disappointing weeks, but you know his usage has been fine. He he has the upside he showed those first two weeks, and then Curtis Samuel forty five hundred bucks. If you know if you want to use him in addition to Will Fuller or instead of Will Fuller, Samuel's been getting nice downfield usage too. 
and the Jags. You know, we'll we'll see if uh, Jalen Ramsey plays. Even if he does, I don't think he's going to shadow Curtis Samuel. He's, out. he's been ruled out during the show. Oh, yeah, nice. Beautiful. Curtis Samuel. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, Curtis Samuel is like a higher target, uh, Will Fuller. So I'm certainly on board yeah. with him. I think that Mohamed Sanu is also in play, at least for cash. 4200 bucks is, is really mm-hmm. been a good target outlook. He's been a much better bet for weekly targets than Calvin Ridley. Not as good a bet for being targeted in the end zone as Ridley, but I mean, Sanu is certainly going to sneak in touchdowns here and there. So you, you never know when one of those happens. If he catches six balls for some yardage and a touchdown, he's a good pick in there. I think also on the wideout front, Larry Fitzgerald at 6,000 is okay. And if you're looking, if, even at the higher price guys, I think Julio Jones and the Bucks wideouts are better values than the top running backs for your flex spot if you got the money laying around on DraftKings. Um, yeah, I would agree in tournaments. I think, you know, just dollars per point value, the wideouts probably do make more sense. But, you know, in, in cash, I still want to pay up for the running backs just because of the touch safety. Yeah. I will throw out one more in Derrick Henry at 6000 bucks. Mm. I think usually we think when we think about Derrick Henry in a PPR, we make the noise that you just made. And, <laughs> you know, he I understand because he doesn't catch so many balls, but he's averaging as many DraftKings points so far as Ezekiel Elliott is. He's tied for eighth among main slate running backs in points per game. And nobody higher than him on that list costs less than Derrick Henry this week. The only guy that's close is Mark Ingram at 6,300. And he looks like the same DK asset to me, except with a worse carry outlook. So I think Derrick Henry is a decent guy to put in there in a matchup that could see him get the ball a ton on the ground. Yep, I might force myself to do it. I mean, it doesn't feel great <laughs> um, with his lack of pass catching. I mean, he, he had 29 DraftKings points in week one, so he can do it. I'll say if you play on DraftKings and FanDuel, I think Henry makes more sense on FanDuel. Oh, I agree with that. But you know what? People don't like to eat their vegetables either, but it's good for you. <laughs> exactly. Over on defense, what are you playing? For cash, I like the Panthers at 2600 bucks, and I think they're the best, cheaper defense. They've just been good so far this season. You know, in, in real life they're second in yards per play allowed um they're fifth in football outsiders defensive dvoa then in fantasy they've been good too they have 18 sacks and five takeaways through the first four games only six main slate defenses are averaging more DraftKings points per game panthers home favorites this weekend against the jags you know not not an offense we're scared of even even with the gardner Minshew swag <laughs> yeah uh, I agree. Uh, the, you have to like when a good defense is in a good spot at a good price. There's just not much to argue with there. I think there's plenty to like down in the 2K range. The Chargers at 2,700 have some upside. Also downside risk against the Broncos. I think the Bucks are sneaky at 2,200, but I'm going to say more about them on the FanDuel podcast, so we'll save that one. Keep them in mind at 2,200, very low price. If you want to pay up, I think the Eagles might be the best value among the ceiling plays. At defense at 3700 bucks, Luke Falk's going to be the quarterback again, so they're not going to be able to throw the ball more than four yards downfield. And, I mean, everybody has turnover potential, so there's I think there's shutout potential to that game with Luke Falk playing. My last thing is, is Washington against the Patriots the first time <laughs> that we have ever seen a sub-$2,000 defense? Yep, the first time since we've been doing this podcast. It definitely is. <laughs> yeah, because I was looking down the list and I was like, 1800 I didn't know that was possible. I thought 2000 was the lowest they went. Yeah, and I'm all for playing cheap defenses, but I would not play the Redskins. I mean, I think the Steelers, for 300 bucks more, I mean, yeah, that's a pretty good defense, and they're at home. Lamar Jackson is still shaky as a passer, so I mean, if you want to go super cheap, I would definitely rather play the Steelers. Yeah, I would play the Bucks at 2200 if you're looking in that range, but it was, it was eye-catching. <laughs> yep. 
That's going to do it for this week five edition of our DraftKings podcast. Head over to DraftSharks.com now to read all of Jared's top picks for playing on DK this weekend. Check out our full week five rankings and mess around with the lineup builder tool. That's where you can find DK dollars per point projections, ceiling projections, and customizable strategy options. Check back Saturday morning to see who Jared and I are playing against each other in the Crown His Ass Challenge. You can also find us on Twitter. We are at DraftSharks. Jared is at SmolaDS. I am at ShaufDS. That's S-C-H-A-U-F. For Jared Smola and the rest of the DraftSharks crew, I'm Matt Shaf saying thanks so much for swimming with us. <laughs>